Hello and welcome to Macintosh and Mod Haven't Seen What? The podcast where Macintosh and Mod force each other to watch movies they should have already seen. I'm David, aka Macintosh. And I'm Diana, aka Mod. What are we watching this week? watched Blade Runner. Yep. A Blade Runner must pursue and try to terminate four replicants who stole a ship in space and have returned to Earth to find their creator. Okay. Alright, so, um, I mean, this is a quintessential sci-fi film. I can't, I didn't see it until late, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. I do remember, I saw it at some point. That makes sense because it was, came out. Five years before you were born. Well, no, no, no. But I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember. It might have been high school or right at the start of college because then I remember when the final cut, the version we watched, when mm-hmm. it came out originally, I went to a midnight showing of it with some friends at the oh, Inwood yeah. Theater. Oh yeah, I remember you doing that. And so I went out at midnight and saw it, and um, so I'll say, watching this on the television. This is a movie that's really, really good in a theater. Yeah, it's a really dark film. Yes. So the more cinematic projection would be better. And just with the score and the sound and the visuals and everything, Mm -hmm. when you blow it up onto a a movie screen, and they were showing the DVD copy, I'm pretty sure, because they didn't have a full print. That makes that was sense. A, I think there were probably very limited runs of the actual prints going around. So mm-hmm. when they did it, they were just showing the DVD. But still, it was, you know, it's it's better to see it on a giant screen. Yeah, I could see how this would be really cool on the on the big screen. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I'll say on my end, the thing, the thing that I think is so great about this movie, apart from all the accolades it gets, is that this is one of the most grounded sci-fi movies I've seen in terms of it is grounded epic sci-fi films I should say because a lot of I mean there's lots of good sci-fi out there that is very very small and Mm -hmm. contained and that way they can they can keep things together this is done on such a grand scale and yet everything about it seems specifically crafted and thought out Hmm in how the image is projected. But that's, I mean, that's my feeling on it. And in a lot of ways, it's not a sci-fi movie. It's a detective noir thriller. Yeah, it's just set in a fantasy world. Well, it's set in Los Angeles. (laughs) In a fantasy world. (laughs) Um, All right, so why, why had you never seen Blade Runner? Explain yourself. Okay, well, it came out before I was born as well. Number one. Um, my dad really likes sci-fi. He does. He's a, he was a kind of a Doctor Who, Star Trek nerd. My mother does not like sci-fi at all. (laughs) Like, she goes to Star Wars to be a supportive spouse, but she does not like sci-fi at all. (laughs) And that's fine. It's not for everybody. Um, so this just, it wasn't a movie that anyone in my house would have been like, oh, we gotta watch this, or this is a classic. I'll say also, it's a hard R. Yeah, so it wouldn't wouldn't have played on TV growing up um, for me, 
and it's just one of those ones that I mean it's not a film that I could have playing in the background while I was working on some of my other stuff true so that's why I've never seen it okay that's why I never happened upon it had you I mean had you ever were there opportunities did you ever think about watching it I mean, I could have gone to that showing with you 10 years ago. That's true. <laughs> but I, I think I was deciding to do something else. There was that. I mean, I think, honestly, I think it was you had stuff the next day. You were probably, probably. working or something. And I just didn't. So it was, you know, I, I think I, think I invited I didn't, you. And... I didn't care. Yeah. So now with the new film coming out, and I'm like, oh, this looks intriguing. So I should probably go see the original. Yeah, you were actually interested in... The, the Blade Runner 2049 trailer mm -hmm. and I was like and I agreed I was like if you're gonna see that you definitely need to see this one yeah yeah so you know what you're headed into so this is one that I wanted to watch yeah I just hadn't seen it before okay so we will start with you and your initial impressions I mean it's a good movie I'm a little scared <laughs> you don't want me to ruin your love of this film you almost ruined Raising Arizona so <laughs> You still love Raising Arizona. I know. I don't have to love everything. No, you don't. It's definitely not possible. Um, I did I did like it. Um, I, I enjoyed watching it. Um, and I agree that it would have been better on a big screen. Yeah, that that's part of the hurt. I think this is a hard movie to just watch on a television. Mm -hmm. You need a giant yeah. television with a good sound system. We have neither of those things. I know. <laughs> that's okay. Um, I mean, let's, so we can start with, I think to me, the most impressive thing in the whole movie is the design. The design is amazing. I think what I really enjoyed watching is I know this movie has been such an inspiration for so many other things that I do really like. So it was really nice to finally see like the source material. Right. And so I really like the world that created. Um, and I mean, you know, you've got the, the Tyrell Pyramid, which is in like every movie now. Oh yeah. And so it really I was like, this reminds me of so many things, plus Tron. <laughs> all of the all of the giant all of the giant advertisements flashing on the buildings. Mm -hmm. And there's so many of those things that got incorporated into like real life. Oh yeah, no, I agree. And architecture um, that came out of this. Also, just the just the fact that and, and I, I mentioned this while we were watching it. One of the things I hate in sci-fi movies a lot of times is, or it's not something I hate, it's specific to visions, but one of the things I get really excited about is when directors take sci-fi and they take the technology and grime it up. Yeah, like this is old future technology. Exactly. I, and, you know, this and the other one that that is always pertinent to me, I don't think this is a movie we'll watch, but uh, George Lucas's first movie, THX 1138, mm -hmm. that movie... Like, all of the cop cars have scuffs and stuff all over them, and there's, like, scratches on things, and, and it's meant to look like it's been used. Mm -hmm. That's the big point. And then this movie especially... They had that a lot in The Fifth Element, too. Somewhat. It's it. Now, it's harder with that movie because the colors are so bright yeah. that it's hard to tell. Funny story about that. That is a movie that we... When I, I used to work at a bookstore, um, and we would get bulk orders of the fifth element on dvd from trade shows that were going to set up their computer monitors and their tv screens <laughs> because it's a movie with such saturated color it was a 
it was a wonderful film to show off the capability of their their TVs and, and their their computer monitors. However, Blade Runner would be a terrible movie yeah. to show that off. <laughs> because there is It's so dark. It's dark, dark, grimy color palette. Mm -hmm. Um like I'm looking I'm just looking right now at the IMDB page and the black and white pictures. This could have been a movie in black and white. I don't think it would have worked no, quite as well. It wouldn't have because it the contrast It'd be really interesting. There to is see. no contrast. Yeah, that's very which true. Which is kind of a problem. Um so and we can we can touch on that later. Then we'll we'll get to the performances. Mm -hmm. So we can talk about uh, we'll start with the main like three performances mm -hmm. that we get, which is Harrison Ford, mm -hmm. Sean Young mm -hmm. as the replicant, uh, Rachel, and then what I think is the best in the movie and one of the best bad guys I've ever seen is Roy Batty, played by Rutger Hauer. That may be my favorite thing in the whole movie. He's he's the super bad replicant. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean... Well, I've only seen it one time, so I was kind of had some trouble keeping track of people's last, names. Last guy out. Yeah. Last replicant alive. Yeah. Um, so which you call them robots. I did call them robots. I know why they I know why they're not called robots. <laughs> and I know in the book they are referred to as androids. So. Yeah, it could, it it all gets mixed up there. They are for all intents and purposes robots. <laughs> I mean, they're not people. They're they're flesh bots. Yeah. Um, well, that's the open question though. Are they actually people? And that's where it, that's where it starts leaving behind. Um I mean, Harrison Ford, thoughts? I mean, I always forget how handsome Harrison Ford is when he was younger. <laughs> I mean, he's a handsome man now, but I forget how good looking he was. Some of it's the buzz cut. It's re it, it looks it, really good it, on it him. It looks really good on him. And I mean, I always thought he, I mean, this film particularly, I think he looks super cute as opposed to... Um, Indiana Jones and Star Wars, which were done around the same time. Yeah. Like his slightly earlier films. Um, he also gets some good comic moments. He, I, he's the always scene where been he's, very good at sarcasm. The, the, scene in, the scene is the inspector. Yeah. Is a rare moment of levity in this movie. You don't get a lot of them. So I, I thought he was mostly good. He, he's good at playing the hard-boiled detective he's supposed to be. Though the rapey scene is weird. That's the scene where it's played really badly. But I also think the writing in that is really not good. I, it's, it's hard. It's supposed to make you feel awkward because you know he's treating, he's treating this replicate as a replicate and not as a human being. Yeah. Or he's pushing that line. Yeah. I don't know. There's Sean Young as Rachel... I'm not a fan. No. No, I think she's supposed to be a different kind of replicant, and you're supposed to sympathize with her. You're supposed to believe that she's... She's a real person. Right. Um, and I feel like they made her too stiff. I f whereas, like, Daryl Hannah, it's very clear that she's a replicant. Yeah. Um, if you're supposed... I feel like, Rachel, they should have... They shouldn't have had her. I don't, I don't know what. Um, yeah, it should have been. She's too stiff. Right. So I don't buy that, you know, Harrison Ford's character would be sympathetic and falling in love with her. Although, also, this is one of the first movies she was in. I didn't realize that. 
She like the she'd done stripes right before this. Oh, okay. And then and then it went from there. She was in Dune, she was in Wall Street. Hmm. She was in a bunch of a bunch of 90s movies forever. Like I don't think she's a bad actress, but I well, think I think those choices were bad. Yeah, and the best performance in the whole thing in her whole list is Lois Einhorn and Ace Ventura. Oh wow. Einhorn is Finkel. Finkel is Einhorn. Oh, no. Einhorn is a man. <laughs> I've been uh, years. <laughs> um, okay. But to me, the one that I'm probably most worried about here is Rutger Hauer. Okay. What did you think? I liked him because he had that manic quality. So I caught it. Like controlled yet still manic, which was interesting because he's like a machine that's come alive. Well, what I caught was childlike. A little there bit, are yeah. These, there are these moments and flashes, and that's that's something I hadn't really noticed because I've only seen this. I'd only seen this movie twice before. The, when he's in with with Sebastian, and he yeah. makes this, he, he makes pouty faces or plays with toys, yeah. and it and what you what they talk about mm-hmm. is like you know they one of the key parts of the movie is they only get four years to live because they're so realistic, and they've got these memories that are building in them. They're starting mm-hmm. to create independent thought. So they built in a failsafe that they die after four years. Yeah, and so they he plays on that perfectly by using that childlike quality. What's also interesting is reading some of the trivia. He was rewriting some of his scenes on set. Well, I, I, I liked him a lot. There's only one scene with him where I was like, which is the scene where he dies. Really? I really didn't like seeing... I do like the line, time to die. Like, because I've heard that for years in other places. Like tears and rain? Oh, that's... I, that... I don't like how he plays it. I love that I scene. didn't feel like there was enough tension between him and Deckard. I do get that. It 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 fizzles really quickly yes, there. Yes, that's my, that's my only complaint with it. I almost... It, it would almost work better if he was choking Decker or yes, in the midst of it. Yes, and then he it, starts to, like, break down as he starts, because he's yeah. dying. And that, that would have been... And realizes that's what's going on. Because at a certain... It's just like there's this tension, there's tension, there's tension, and then just completely stops. Yeah. And then we have this drawn-out Because that fight scene. scene is fucking amazing. <laughs> I don't think it's amazing. In how tense it is? In no, how creepy it gets? It's there. really not. I, no, it's not. Again, I think, for whatever reason, when I saw it in that movie theater, it was nightmarish and creepy and I think it was just the sound and everything with that and then I mean there's bit players all over the place I really liked um, Sebastian we loved him William Sanderson yeah we loved him on Deadwood such a good just good character actor Um, Daryl Hannah Hannah liked her too and I have to see I kept thinking like this is one of the first things she did it had to have been yeah she done a she done a couple of movies before this, but I think this was the first big, big time movie she. Okay, had so done. this was eighty two. One was Splash. That would have been eighty four. So that was two years after this. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Though her hair is horrible in this film. Yeah. It's okay. That's not her fault. That's the costume department. Um, there's M. M. Walsh as the the chief of police guy. Yeah, he was good. Um, so Edward James Olmos mm-hmm. as Gaff. Yeah. 
who you do not recognize. Well, I mean, he was he was much much younger. No, no, I know he's much younger and much thinner, and he's he just that doesn't look like him in my brain. So yeah. it's fine. It's totally fine. And I know I know he's in the new one. Oh, I didn't I didn't see anything I looked at about the cast it. List. Yeah, he's in the new um, one. I'll look that up in a little bit. We can we can see who who some um, of the other people are going to show up. He was. I don't think they gave him enough for you to care about him. Because, like, at the end, when you see the little origami figure, it's like, oh. Oh, yeah, I was supposed to care about him. Whatever. Oh, well, so, okay. And I know I know all of the different cuts. Well, the, there's the different cut thing. There's a there's a bigger thing here, um, and, it, and it relates to Gaff's character. So one thing about this movie is, um, and... And it can be a criticism or praise, I don't know. But that it's epic in scale, but all of the things require attention to detail. Mm -hmm. You've got to be paying attention to this movie to catch the meaning of Behind certain everything, things. Yeah. So have you read about, since we watched it, the theory about Decker? Yes, that he's actually a replicant. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's that's one of the big themes. I mean, that would have been a common thing anyway, because that's one of the big themes from the original source material, Philip K. Dick's novel. Yeah, it's like, how do you know if you actually are a replicant? Exactly. They asked the question, uh, Rachel asked him the question, have you ever killed a person by mistake? And Deckard says no. Have you ever taken a Voight-Kampf? And he, he, yeah. he doesn't answer. Yeah. So... You do you know specifically the theory people point to as to why he's a replicant? I've probably read it. But I looked I... it up. So, so what it is is that there's that there's that dream of the unicorn. Oh yes. There's the dream of the unicorn scene when he's when he's drinking and his eyes are open, mm -hmm. and then at the end of the movie, the piece of origami that Gaff leaves mm -hmm. is a unicorn. Oh, okay. And so that was the thing that spurred everybody to say. Oh, he's a replicant and Gaff knows. Okay. So, this is where it gets twisted. Mm -hmm. The original... This is all from the Wikipedia page, okay. so you can take it with a grain of salt. But I believe they're citing a documentary mm -hmm. that's on the DVD copy that I have that I haven't watched. But I'm going to go watch it at some point We'll soon. have to watch it before we go see the new Right, because it'll be, it'll be interesting to parse those things out. Mm -hmm. From what I was reading, the original producers... And this is part of the cuts they made because they thought the movie was unintelligible. But one of the mm -hmm. things that they they um, took out was the unicorn sequence because they didn't want to suggest he was a replicant. They thought that was too hard for audiences to follow. Okay. And that was also based on market research. They put, like, apparently there were tons of narration of Decker throughout the movie that they put in. They mm -hmm. made him ADR, all that stuff yeah. in. And, like, it was just a mess. And Ridley Scott almost disavowed it. Mm -hmm. Um Later, and then the original sc screenplay, mm -hmm. the writer intentionally wanted it vague. He didn't want to say either way. Which is totally fair. It's yeah. more fun that way. Ridley Scott has gone on record as saying that he believes he's a replicant. Okay. Which would make sense given, given the suggestion of what 2049 is showing. Yes. Because Ryan Gosling is going... If you haven't seen the trailer... You can go watch it. But the suggestion from the trailer is they're going to find Harrison Ford. Yes. And he's gone missing out in the wilderness somewhere. But how is he alive? I don't know. That's cool. Yeah. So, no, that's all intriguing and that's interesting. And so much of that comes back to Westworld. 
Yes. Which, which we adore. And I know that Blade Runner is. It's really fun having Watch Westworld being obsessed with it. And from day one, the second we watched that show, we were like, yep, yeah, we're in. And I know that Blade Runner is a big piece of source material for them. Yeah. Clearly. In- inspiration. Not, not so much with design or anything like that. Um, but just uh, part of that. How do you tell if somebody is a replicant? What are the tests? Exactly. What are the tells? Um, and I just, that's one of the things that's so tense with Westworld is that how do you know if who you're looking at is 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 a host, is what they call them, there or not? And, and that's so fun. And is it maybe that you didn't feel that same tension with this movie? Yes. That it wasn't played. And some of that, I mean, some of that honestly is different eras in movie Oh, absolutely. Making. I think now, because we're so used to technology being integrated into our lives, it's easier, it's easier for, for us as an audience to believe that someone could be a robot. Right. And pretending to be a human. Also, we've seen that played out in numerous movies and TV. And back then, this was new. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, more of a gut punch to find out that somebody is a replicant. And they've been trying to, I mean, looking at some of the stuff, the the novel this is based on, The Android's Dream of Electric Sheep, that came out in 1962. Yes. Since it came out, people had been trying to make a movie of it. Yeah. And had failed numerous times until the, the screenwriters who wrote it got in with Ridley Scott mm-hmm. and managed to finally put it together. Yeah. Um, and I like Ridley Scott a lot. Ridley Scott. I can't talk today. Ridley Scott. Stupid name. But I like him a lot. The one-two punch of Alien and Blade Runner to me is is magnificent. Though, what I will say is that there is a lacking quality in the performances in his movies mm-hmm. at certain points. Um, if you if you have if you have actors who need strong writing, mm-hmm. you're not gonna get it in a Ridley Scott movie necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um that's not to say that he doesn't work with really good screenwriters. I mean, Gladiator has amazing scenes and amazing writing. He did Gladiator? Yeah. I didn't know that, but that was a good movie. Um, so, you know, if he's got actors and some not great writing... I mean, he also did The Martian. So, oh, yeah. I knew that. I um, love that. Love The Martian. Martian's great. Book's awesome. Read the book first. Um, but at the end of the day, he's, you know... I mean, he's almost more known now for being a producer than a director. Yeah, he's done a lot of producing, and then his brother recently died, too, so... Yes. Yeah, and he produced one of my favorite TV shows ever. That's true. He did do The Good Wife. I love The Good Wife. It's... Okay, here's my thing about The Good Wife, is it is a legal drama, but the legal side of it is so different from your normal, you know procedural legal procedural show and it's really fun and then so much so that i could care less about the framework story of the wife but then the wife stuff is actually pretty compelling as well and you know josh charles is in it and i've loved him since dead poet society so yeah that man has not aged his his directing his directing career has been very hit or miss the movie he hits on he hits out of the park and the movie he whiffs on are pretty kind of fizzle because, I mean, there's movies like Black Rain with Michael Douglas or I think uh, that A Good Year with Russell Crowe, which nobody ever really saw. No. <laughs> um, so, I mean, did, there's there's that element of the, the, 
the Deckard being a Deckard being a replicant, which mm-hmm. then colors. I mean, I found myself trying to f- watch for those cues. One of the mm-hmm. cues is the the red eye. Yeah. Which, you know, is a little clever technique used by the cinematographer. But mm-hmm. I mean, if you're basically if you're watching the movie, if you've already watched the movie, you can go watch it again. And you can look for if the character is a replicant, a known replicant. You can see what almost looks like a photo red eye mm-hmm. in certain scenes with those characters. Mm-hmm. So we see it on Batty, I see it on Pris, and you see it in the owl at mm-hmm. um, Tyrell's office. Yeah. And another little fun Tyrell, Tyrell Corp. Oh yeah, from Mr. Robot. Yeah, from Mr. Robot. Yeah. So this thing gets this this thing gets references dropped on it everywhere. Um. What did you think about the let's let's talk about this the noir detective tone? How do you how do you feel that works merging with a sci-fi setting? Oh, it's great. Elaborate. I mean I wish we'd gotten a little more context of why, you know, apparently he quit and then he gets pulled back in. And I I, I we don't get enough of that information and that's fine. But um you know, it's the uh, it's basically a cop is chasing down a couple rogue outlaws. It just happens to be in this futuristic setting. Yeah, that's no different than a western. I mean, and I I love the I like those films. No different than western, and especially no different than a detective movie from the fifties yeah. or sixties. Yeah, that's fine. It's just a different setting. Um, so yeah. All right, so. Before we go on, what was there anything specifically you just hated? No. I I mean, I, I spoke that I didn't love some of the choices that uh, they made for Rachel. Uh, I And that, that it's not a rape scene, but that that altercation between Deckard and Rachel is is weird and poorly done. It's hard to watch. It's just uncomfortable because you're like, what's the point? Is, does he want to beat her up? Does he want to have sex with her? Does she... Like, it's just... It's weird. It was the only way that they talked about sex with replicants in the movie. That was it. I mean, they talked about Pris being a pleasure model. Yeah. But and otherwise... Then, then you're at that show with the other one, with the snake. Oh, yeah. yeah Which, <laughs> I remember we looked at it, and you... I, I think you weren't, like, exactly paying attention. I was like, oh, well, that's fun. Implication is she just had sex with the snake. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Um, and I didn't. I didn't like the last scene with um, Batty. Batty, which I would actually totally agree with you on. Like we but shouldn't just drop that. There's nothing where I'm like, this is horrible. Uh, it's more of like, well, if we were redoing this today, we might tighten this up. We might might fix that a little bit. I would fix Daryl Hannah's hair. I think I f- that's the only thing that I truly hate. I find it real interesting too <laughs> that the um, they talk about the different cuts of the movie. Um, and I won't go into the whole detail. You can you can find the the different things that happened. Um, with that IMDb movie. has all of it. And the the documentary touches on just apparently this was a nightmare movie to make. They filmed the last scene of the movie about hours before they were about to fire Ridley Scott. Yeah. Um, but one of the interesting things to me about that was that every cut of the movie was only different by a few minutes. Mm-hmm. His original working cut. Or his original working script was like four hours long, but you know, but the, everybody said that it was incomprehensible. So it wasn't four hours with extra information. It mm-hmm. was four hours of even more crazy, weird stuff. Yeah, that would have been bad. Yeah, I think I 
I'm, I'm going to side with the studio on that one. Um, I'm glad there wasn't all this narration because I think that would have driven me crazy. And then you haven't seen the happy ending, but it's been explained to you. Yes. And, and that's fine. And this won't, I mean, I won't, I won't give away specifically what it is, but there is a, the original theatrical cut, there was this happy ending that just got tacked on to the end of the movie. And the final cut that we got is really more of a cliffhanger. How did you, did you, you, you seemed a little weird about the cliffhanger when we saw it. How do you feel now, I think? Um, well, I think given that I, we're doing, there's a sequel, it's like, okay, great. But when I watched it, I was like, well, did they do that thinking there was going to be a sequel or not? Because right. otherwise, this is a stupid ending. So you feel like if there's if there was no plans to take these characters any further, it's like here's here's what it feels like. It's a lot like the death scene in that they wanted to have some level of suspense to be leaving you with, but they could they didn't pull it off. Whereas like remember in Inception, the very end, yeah, you're like it's the spinning top, and then they cut right before the you know and you're just like happens. and you're like what the fuck. But that's a great ending um, because it, it's paying off something that we've learned previously and we didn't get that in this well, film. And I think maybe that that to me comes from noir. That comes from the 50s and the detective movie always ended with, it didn't always end with pat answers. There was sometimes th some strings that didn't get completely resolved. And, but I don't, I don't even think that happened. He killed all the bad replicants and then he, he goes off with Rachel. Well, but he, remember, he but, was ordered to go kill Rachel, too. Yeah, but then, and then we know Gaff has been following him. Exactly. That's all we know. It's a shame she has to die. Yeah. It's weird. So, I don't, I. Yeah. I, the only reason why I'm not, like, more annoyed by it is because there's going to be a sequel here in a month, so I, I don't could, care. <laughs> I could also see that Ridley Scott intended for there to be a sequel and knew he was never going to get to make it because of all of the problems the movie had. That's fair. And what's interesting is this movie did not do well when it came mm -hmm. out. It, it, well, I can see that. <laughs> it, pretty much, it pretty much tanked in, in 82, but since then has become such a huge thing. And like we, we point out, I think the bigger thing is it became an influence for so many different yes. directors doing sci-fi from then on. Yes, for that, sure. That's how it became such a touchstone. Yeah. All right, so if you had to give it stars, what would you give it? I would say a three. A three? Three. I'd go... Th I'd go three and a half watching okay. it again. Um, I give it a little bit extra there. Um, and not just because of the influence, but because the sheer vision of it is just impossible to ignore. If I thought the story was tighter or the performances were more convincing, I probably would have given it a four or five. Oh, yeah, me too. But I'm get, I, I mean, I'm probably not going to watch it again. Yeah. But I'm giving it a three because of how influential it is and how creative. Yeah. The, especially the design. I just wish yeah. they'd spent a little more time with some of the acting and That's script. No, oh. good stuff. So recently we saw Ingrid Goes West. Yes. Uh, it's a film starring Aubrey Plaza, Elizabeth Olsen, and O'Shea Jackson Jr. And Wyatt Russell. Oh, yeah, Wyatt Russell. And Billy Magnuson. It's Billy Magnuson. The brother? Oh, yeah. Who's in all sorts of other stuff. Oh, no, I get, no, I get you. Um, so, yeah. It was, it was... It deserves the praise it's getting. Yes. Uh, it's a movie about a girl who has some... Um, 
I mean, I can read the... Okay. Yeah. The IMDb is an unhinged social media stalker, moves to L.A. and insinuates herself into the life of an Instagram star. Yeah. So Ingrid's obsessed with Instagram. And Well, the beginning of the movie, Ingrid crashes a wedding that she felt that she should have been invited to, and that lands her in a mental hospital or a, a, you know, a rehab facility of some sort. And then she comes home, and her mother has passed away, and she lived with her mom. But she's been left some money. And her way of connecting people with people is through Instagram. Right. And she comes upon this popular Instagram star, and she makes a comment, and that that star comments back. It's the Elizabeth Olsen character. And it just progresses from And there. she decides she's going to go out to L.A. to become friends with this chick. And not just and and her way of becoming friends. I think that's the most interesting She's stalking thing. Stalking her, stalking. But what's interesting is, and of course, this whole movie is a comment on social media, and yes. and the public obsession with it. But I think the interesting thing is that the only way, because she's not stalking necessarily just to stalk. It's not. I mean, it is it is a sickness and a compulsion. But the mm -hmm. reason she's going to stalk this person is that she wants to be her friend. And the way, the only way she knows how to do that is to do everything that she does. Yeah, she's copying her. She's copying every single thing that Elizabeth Olsen's character is. Yeah. And thinking that is the way you connect with other people. Yeah. And we just see the damage she... erupt from there. Yeah, Aubrey Plaza's amazing. And, it, again, she's she's been, I, I feel like she could easily get pegged after doing Parks and Recreation. I know she's not and won't. But so many people think she's April Ludgate, and she's not. No, she's not. And this defies that in a lot of ways. Uh, she gets to. She still has that that surly dark quality, which I don't. I think the dark quality she's gonna have a really hard time getting away from. Um, but I think that's fine because she does it very well. But she's a, with this character. She's able because she's pretending to be so many different things. She's able to break out mm -hmm. of that a little bit. Um, I mean, she's blonde. Well, and, and in her <laughs> like dark... And the difference is in her darkness, she's also manic throughout yes. the entire movie. Yes. Which is very different. Um, but this is... It's such a... It's just such a good stepping out role for her. Mm -hmm. And she's got the majority of the screen time. Yes. Everybody else, it's split pretty, split pretty evenly, but she's got almost the whole movie on her shoulders. Mm -hmm. So that's cool to see. Um, I mean, you you loved O'Shea Jackson. O'Shea Jackson, who this is his second film after doing Straight Outta Compton, he's, where he played his dad. He is Ice Cube's son. Mm -hmm. He definitely looks like his dad. He has a wonderful smile. Yes, uh, he really does. It's just it's very charming. He he's just like, <laughs> David just showed me a picture. Of him. <laughs> he's 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 a cute guy. Um, he's very good. Yeah. Um, he's believable. You kind of almost feel bad for him. He it, he plays the landlord to Ingrid, um, and then they kind of have a little romance. Um, but he happens to be obsessed with Batman. Yes, which I respect in such a in such an adorable way. Yes, he's very earnest about his love of Batman. He's very earnest. Period. I think, yeah. which is what what is so, but not in a. Um, he's not weak. No. No, in no way. I mean, he's 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 a normal. He's just an average dude who likes what he likes and isn't afraid to do it. And that's mm -hmm. that's the importance of his character in the movie is because almost everybody else is trying to be something they're not. Yeah, 
And Elizabeth Olsen is also great. Um, she plays the Instagram star Taylor. Um, She's really good at playing fake in this movie. Yeah. And so that's now, interesting here's, for her. No, here's here's what I liked about it is that they didn't play the Instagram star as being just purely vapid. True. There are there there's depth there. She is vapid, but she's totally unaware of how vapid she is. That's there's, part of it. There is a point behind all of it. Exactly. In that, what her Instagram is her job. Yep. That is her life. And then she has a dynamic with her husband that is played by what Ru Wyatt Russell, who is Kurt, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's son. son. Um, Looks just like his dad. He he is like an amazing cross between the two of those. It's like, true. Like in the one instance, he will look just like Kurt, and the next one, I was like, oh, there's some Goldie in there. It's, yeah, it's a little nuts. It's kind of fun, um, but he's very talented as well. Um, their their relational dynamic is really good, and so I I really enjoyed this. Um, it's just a movie that. Layer by layer, they strip away the veneer from everybody, mm -hmm. except Ingrid, who has no veneer. No, She's, she just is who she is. Um, and then everybody around her has to reveal who they truly are before she can finally come to grips with who she is. It's in it's interesting. I mean, I don't want to try. I mean, no, I know we're trying not to be too spoilery. We've been spoilery with our other things. So, um, it. It's a good movie. It's well worth your time. Yes, I would definitely go see it. Awards buzz at all? Do you think? I mean, I could... indie, indie spirits for sure. Yeah, I could see Aubrey getting, uh, you know, maybe a Golden Globe nod, maybe a SAG, but it's it's not going to be anything big. What do you think about the writing? Uh, it might get a writing nod. That's the only other thing I could see because everyone's good, but I mean. Compared to something like Logan Lucky, it may not happen. Mm. <laughs> Logan Lucky. I still love that film. Saw it again uh, with my mom. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, it was it was racing Arizona all over again. Yep. Halfway through, we're just laughing out loud the whole time. Well, even then the other day, she said, I will go see that again. <laughs> I know. Because it, was, so it was that good. Like, let, let's be very clear. We will be owning that film. Well, and what's interesting is it was very much like a, seeing Ocean's Eleven for the first time in mm -hmm. the theater. Yeah. The second time you go see it, you start catching every little thing you all missed. All the heist stuff, yeah. And all the things that you're like, oh, I missed this part. Yeah. No, so that's why I look forward um, to seeing it again. So. What's, so the next film we're, we're planning to see in theaters is going to be It. I still can't believe you want to do this. It's I'm just so intrigued by it. I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to be scared of the dark for the next month. <laughs> I'm just going to have to accept it. Um, and then movies that are coming up. I know you have no desire, but I really want to see Aronofsky's mother. Yeah, I it looks care. really interesting to me. American Assassin does not look terrible. I I don't want to pay like real money for that one, but uh, it looked uh, it looked fun. Battle of the Sexes is coming yes, up. Yes, that looks good. I mean, it look, I, I don't know that it's going to be good, but it's just going to be nice I like fun. all the people in it. Yeah, it's going to be one of those. And then um, probably the number one is Lego Ninjago. Lego Ninjago! Woohoo! We've been making our Lego Ninjago sets. Yes. David just finished his Ninjago dragon. Yep. I'm still working on Ninjago City, which is a beast. Are you going to get it done before the movie comes out? Yeah, I would have gotten it done sooner if we didn't have to do Riverdale. <laughs> because I, I mean, I, I sit down and do Legos while we're watching TV, but I can't do that when I have to take notes for Riverdale or Ponies. 
Oh, good times. All right, so. So what? What's our next? I mean, you're the, you're picking. Okay. Oh, yeah, so you I gotta get to pick. you gotta pick the next movie. Um, I think we need to do American Pie. <laughs> because that's what I've been giving you shit about for so long. I thought you'd been giving me stuff about like Goonies. Well, I mean, that was our first yeah, one. Yeah, that's the first one we, we made you watch. Now American Pie. I think, because it, it's not a very long movie, and I think we've talked about it, so I think it'll be easy to get that done. All right. Well, then y'all can look forward to it, and if you want to watch along, So, go. So if you want to refresh before we release that one, we're going to be doing American Pie. Pull it out of your DVD cabinet, because it's probably in there somewhere. It's usually in the $5 bin at Walmart. Usually. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. That's it for this episode. Please take a moment to review and rate us on iTunes. And for questions and comments, drop us an email at macintoshandmod at gmail.com.